Are you excited for God's word? Because I am so excited. I'm so excited that I'm telling myself, calm down, you know, just don't rush. Uh, just make sure uh, that what the Holy Spirit has put in my heart that it is communicated. Amen. Okay. Did you know, did you know that Christianity is the only religion in that sense? I'm going to use the word religion. But Christianity is the only I don't know what to use. Can't use the word religion. But unlike any other religion, Christianity, yes, is the only faith that gives hope to people. Because every other religion, every other philosophy tells you what has been decided has been decided. If it is, if it is decided from above, it's decided, it's set. You don't have a choice. No matter what you do, you don't have a choice. Christianity gives you a choice. God tells you this is life, this is death, and he also tells you choose life. Okay? But the responsibility is on us. We have to choose. He has given us the choice between life and death, and he says choose life. He'll never take that free will away from us. Christianity is the only faith out there that gives us hope because the hope is you have the choice to choose life over death you have the choice to choose hope over hopelessness you have the choice to choose peace over violence you have the choice to choose order over chaos it's our choice you know we we would want to blame god for everything and if not god we would want to blame our spouses or our parents or the people who are around us but the truth is, your life, whatever, hap whatever is happening in your life is a culmination of your choices. If you don't like your life, I'm sorry, but who decided to do that? So taking responsibility, okay, taking responsibility, this is my life and this my life, the way it is, the reality that I'm living right now is the culmination of my choices. So if you don't like what you're living, if you don't like your reality, change your choices. Okay, that's what Jesus said. Repent for the kingdom of God is near. He said, you don't have to live your lives like this. If you can change your mind and choose the king, the reality of the kingdom follows the king. The reality of the kingdom follows the king. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Okay, Colossians 1 verse 13, it says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and has transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. Who has done this? God has done this. God the Father has delivered you from the power of darkness and has transferred you into the kingdom of His beloved Son. Whose choice was it to remain in darkness? Whose choice was it to go towards the kingdom of darkness and become a partaker of darkness? Whose choice was that? Adam's choice. And inherently our choice as well. But God took us from this kingdom of darkness, right? And he has transferred us into the domain of his beloved son. Now, see, li listen to me very carefully. Every country, the borders that every country has, there's a strip of land that separates each border and it is no man's land. 
it does not belong to any of the country like for example india and china okay so india's border is this china's border is this there is some space between the borders which does not belong to anybody if you are behind the border of india it is the responsibility of the indian army to protect you if you are behind the border of china it is the responsibility of china to protect you but if you are in no man's land it's nobody's responsibility you'll be shot from both the ends some of our christian life just feels like you are standing on in the no man's land where you're no longer here and you're no longer there but listen to what god has done god has delivered you completely not partially he has delivered you completely that is the gospel through the death of jesus you have been delivered from the dominion of darkness and you have been transferred to the kingdom of his beloved son the sin issue has been dealt with on the cross by the death of jesus completed it's done it's finished it's taken care of the title of the sermon is the kingdom of light okay i want to talk to you about how god has delivered us from the dominion of darkness has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and he has transferred us to the kingdom of light is that right then why is it our lives do not reflect the kingdom of light if he has done his work if his work is 100% he does not leave incomplete work right if he has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and has transferred us to his beloved son's domain which is the kingdom of light why don't we experience the reality of the kingdom why don't we if it has already been done why aren't we shining like the light of the kingdom why aren't we have you thought about it okay read with me isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 Isaiah 60 was one and I'm going to be fast today. It says arise shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Look at somebody and say arise shine for your light has come. Arise shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Okay? Now let let me share why why is it that even though god has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness right and he has put us in the kingdom of light why is it that we don't experience that kingdom of light in its full potential okay i have an illustration for you uh just just imagine with me okay imagine with me this is your heart okay and the reason why i chose the ball is because i, I just i just want to imagine i want you to imagine that this heart is full of god's light okay it is full of god's light john chapter 1 verse 4 says in him was life and the life was the light of men the reason why you are the light of the world is because the life of jesus is flowing through your life see jesus said i am the light of the world right and then couple of chapters later he says you're the light of the world what is he trying to say decide jesus am i the light or are you the light the thing is jesus is the light but when you and me receive jesus the life of jesus starts flowing out the source of that light is the life of jesus the source of that overflowing abundant light is the life of jesus so the day you receive jesus there's a life of jesus that's flowing in your heart see as your physical heart pumps blood your spiritual heart has a capacity to pump out the life and abundant life of jesus and this abundant life of jesus that's flowing through you 
becomes the light. Are you getting me? Okay. Like for example, just imagine if this is the sun, the sun has a lot of gases it is producing and because of the gases, the energy, the light comes. Right? Similarly, it is because of the life of Jesus that is in our hearts, that is in our spiritual hearts, that emits this light. Yes? Okay. Ephesians chapter, you guys are looking at me as if, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17 and 18. Ephesians 4 verse 17 and 18 says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. How is he beginning the verse? He say, this is not how you should walk. How, how should you not walk? In the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of See. The reason why Gentiles don't experience the kingdom of God is because their mind is futile, their understanding is darkened, and their hearts are hardened. And Paul is saying, don't walk like them. Why you shouldn't walk like them? Because that's not who you are. Your heart is filled with the life of Jesus. If your heart is filled with the life of Jesus, true light of Jesus should flow from your life. But Paul is saying, do not walk like that. Why is he saying that? Because there's a possibility that even after you have received Jesus, that you still live in darkness. Meaning he has delivered you absolutely from the kingdom of darkness. But because your heart has not really received every dimension of his light, there could be aspect of your life where you are living, where your understanding is darkened, where your mind is futile and your hearts are hardened. Are you listening to me? Okay. Now, just imagine this heart, this is your spiritual heart. The spiritual heart is full of the life of Jesus, right? And the life of Jesus has the potential, listen to this, the life of Jesus has the potential to overcome the entire world. When in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3, the earth was, actually verse 2, the earth was formless, the earth was void, it, you know, there was nothing and it was all darkness and God said, let there be light. I believe it was not the light of the sun because God created sun so many days later. In fact, two days later, the light was coming from him. It was Jesus who said, I am the light of the world who revealed himself to become the light. So the light that is in you has the capacity to bring light to universes. Just imagine the capacity, the potential that light carries inside of you. Now, my question is, I, I just don't want to listen to this theology and be like, wow, wow, wow. I, I want to be like, why isn't this not happening in my life then? You know, I, I want to come to that place and ask God, Lord, why is it not happening? If, if you are the light of the world, if you could shine and overpower every darkness, then why is it not happening the way I expect it to? Or at least the way it's written in the Bible, right? How many of you want to know that? The, the thing is, just want you to imagine that this is the hardness of the heart. So if this is the heart that carries the light of Jesus, the hardness of the heart prevents it from flowing out. Your, our darkened understanding, our futility of the mind, our hard-heartedness, the jealousy, the bitterness, the clamor, the malice, the slander, that stops the life of God to flow from our lives. See, it's not that the life of God is limited by this. Okay, please understand. The life of God can break through this hard-heartedness any moment. 
But the reason God does not do that is purely because of grace. Because if God really just comes in, burns up all the hard-heartedness in one go, you will not recognize yourself. You will become a totally insane person. Am I making sense? That's why He journeys with us. That's why He's so patient. He comes down to our level. He walks with us and He convinces us. He persuades us. And the more we open our hearts, the more there are holes in the hard-heartedness, the life and the light of Jesus starts flowing. Are you listening to this? So it is the darkened and the hard-heartedness of the heart that is stopping this light from flowing. Stopping the life of Jesus to flow in our lives so that we can be a blessing. So I'm just saying, just take a moment with me and just imagine if there was no hard-heartedness, my goodness, instantly we'll be living and walking like Jesus. Instantly. Just imagine if we had no hard-heartedness, no jealousy, no, no wickedness in our hearts. You know, I'm saying all of, my, all of us might think, you know, I have no wickedness. But the Bible says the heart is the most deceitful creature. It's the most deceitful creature. It tells us, Sam, everything is okay, but inside it is cooking something else. There's so much that is buried in our subconscious that is not letting the life of God to flow. What is the solution to that? Read with me Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians 1 verse 18 and 19. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance of the saints. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might. Paul is saying, if your hearts are enlightened, can I tell you what is a light? A light is a supernatural knowledge, a supernatural mystery that gives us uh, knowledge to have dominion. What is light? It's a supernatural mystery, a supernatural knowledge, insight, understanding that gives you dominion. If you don't have light, you will not have dominion. Let me share this. You know, when Jesus, uh, not Jesus, when God in Genesis 1, he created the sun and the moon, one he called greater light the other one he called the lesser light right and the sun was to rule over the day and the night and the moon was to rule over the night so you see based on the intensity of light that it gives it is one is known as a greater the other one is known as a lesser okay and based on the greater light that it emits it has more dominion you want dominion in your life over everything that takes hold of you. You need light of God to shine in that area. Because the light of God is a supernatural knowledge. Okay, why, why do I say that? Why do I say that it's supernatural knowledge? Look at this verse, Ephesians 1 verse 18. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know. The three things that you will know when your, eye, when your eyes are enlightened. Okay, when your inner eyes are enlightened, there are three things that you will know. The first one is, to know the hope of my calling. What's the first one? To know the hope of my calling. Come on, repeat with me. To know the hope of my calling. The second knowledge is to know the inheritance that I have in the saints. The third one is to know his incomparably great power. All three are knowledges. Because if you don't have knowledge, you will not have the experience. 
it is knowledge that leads you into the experience it is knowledge that leads you into the experience of the reality of his kingdom so you want to change your reality you want to change your stuck up life then you need light you need a supernatural knowledge that will give you access to god's reality amen so what are the three things hope of his calling inheritance the third one is incomparably great power okay now what is the hope of our calling let's see first peter chapter 2 verse 9 but you are a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light so our calling is to move from our darkness into this marvelous light because that is how god delivered us so god is saying in fact paul is saying because you have been delivered from the dominion of darkness and because you have been kept in the kingdom of light walk worthily of that calling that is your calling your calling is to move into marvelous light your calling see we all are happy knowing we are a chosen race a royal priesthood holy nation wow amen 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 to that but understand that cannot happen if you understand your calling is to move out of darkness into his marvelous light because that is what god has already done okay so we are moving when i say we are moving we are only moving in our knowledge of what god has already done it has it has already taken place it's finished what god has already delivered us from the dominion of darkness and has put us into the kingdom of light so we are just moving in knowledge in my head i am getting to know how much more closer i am to him because i am already close to him it's in, it's in my knowledge that i'm growing closer to him it's in my knowledge that i'm moving from this place of darkness to his marvelous light but everything has been accomplished already on the cross by jesus does that make sense hope of his calling what is your hope of his calling the hope of his calling is to be the light as jesus was he said i am the light and then he says you are the light that is the hope of our calling to be the light to become a blessing for people who don't experience the life of god so that life the abundant life the zoe life the god created the god uncreated life can flow from our lives and it can touch people and become a blessing that's our hope of our calling the second one what's the second point inheritance in the saints right inheritance in the saints can i tell you something before i before i go to the next verse it says inheritance in the saints do you get that it is not inheritance just inheritance as a son of god you will have inheritance but if you want to enjoy that inheritance you can only enjoy it in the saints so you cannot be separate from the saints and be like oh you know what me and my god we are all good you cannot experience that you want to experience inheritance you have to be in fellowship with the saints because the inheritance is here the inheritance is here so you cannot separate yourself from fellowship you cannot separate yourself from the body of christ and be like i am the son of god yes you are the son of god but you will not be able to enjoy that inheritance because the inheritance is in the saints okay now read with me james chapter 1 verse 17 Okay let me give you another example for this. Do you remember the lost son who leaves the father? He does get his inheritance, right? But how long does it last? It's short lived. So you can have your inheritance but it will be short lived. 
you want to enjoy the inheritance that flows and keeps on flowing keeps on flowing keeps on flowing you have to come back to the house that's why the bible says he who is planted will flourish if you are planted in the house of god you will flourish i'm i'm telling you this so that you will understand the importance of the church the importance of being faithful and being committed to the house of god it is so important you want to flourish in your life you have to be planted you can't be jumping from one place to another it does not help you okay come on james chapter 1 verse 17 every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change you know the first thing that hit me when i was reading this verse was father of lights lights why does it say father of lights he could also say father of light why lights because in the kingdom even though god has delivered you from the dominion of darkness and has put you into the kingdom of light there there are people in the kingdom who are operating at different intensity of light and he says you know just because he's operating in a lesser intensity i'm not going to reject him i'm still his father look at the grace of god see we have the potential see please understand this we have the potential we have the potential to walk in the light that jesus walked in we have the potential but even if we can't walk in today god does not forsake us he still says he is my son even a little light is enough to drive out darkness right just a little light if you have a little light god recognizes you oh he is my son there's light in him he is my son there's light in him he is my son as a paul tells timothy fan into flame the gift of god that you have received when i laid my hands upon you fan into flame because that light that small light you might see just a glimmer of hope that small light has a capacity it has a capacity to become a nuclear bomb okay what's the third point inheritance of saints what's the third point to know his power now come back to ephesians 1 let's read from verse 19 okay and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named not only in this age but also in the one to come so paul is saying when you ask god god open my inner eyes enlighten my heart the one thing that you have is the knowledge of his resurrection power that same resurrection power that raised christ from the dead and it just did not make him alive but that resurrection power had the capacity to defeat every demon every power that was coming against him and he raised christ from the dead and seated him far above every power every rule every authority every dominion you and me have the potential of that power inside of us right now i'm not talking about when you die i'm saying right now you have the potential what is stopping it hard heartedness and dark and understanding you know i i really believe in my heart now that it was the holy spirit 
that really led us to do heart series before we did kingdom series. Because if our heart was not in the right place, we wouldn't have received this message of the kingdom. He, he has to come and set our hearts right. And this whole journey on this earth is not that one day I will go to heaven. It's about while I'm walking on this earth, I get to experience God. And as I get to experience God, I'm just not happy by the things that he says about me, that you are my beloved son and I'm well pleased with you. That is good, but I'm here so that my hearts can be transformed. So I'm going to be here in this presence so that he can prune me, so that everything that is not of the kingdom will be cut off. Everything that is not needed will be cut off and my heart will be transformed. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, he says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Why do we have this power? Why do we have this power of resurrection? Has anybody resurrected? Do you know anybody who has resurrected? I don't know anybody personally, but we have the potential. The power of resurrection is already there. Why? So that we can say, that this is God, not us. It's God. I'm saying, before we experience bodily resurrection, we have to experience the resurrection of our hearts. When somebody comes and stabs us in our hearts, experiencing resurrection there, right? People whom you have invested, you know, you kept on investing and they go and betray you and you feel hurt, healing there. When that happens, I believe I can believe for bodily resurrection as well. Because everything flows from your spirit to your soul, to your heart, to your body. Everything flows from your spirit to your heart, to your body. Are you listening to me today? The kingdom of light, you have the capacity. There's a potential inside of you. For the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. There's a potential inside of you that can overtake and overcome the world. There's a potential inside of you. What is stopping it today? The hard-heartedness of our hearts. That's the only thing that is stopping us today. Now, can I tell you something on how to break the hard-heartedness? Okay? How to break the hard-heartedness, the recipe is, I'll give you one recipe. The recipe is brokenness. Because you have to take that shell, that hard shell, and you have to break it. Because as you break it, you see the light of Jesus flowing. But if you remember, if you remember, every time you're broken, don't you experience God more? Right? Every time you're broken, don't you experience God more? You know what, what is happening? The shell is breaking. And you see the light of Jesus that is already inside of you. The life of Jesus that is already in, inside of you. You start experiencing that. Brokenness is the best recipe for God's power and God's light to come out. That's why God's promise in Ezekiel was, I will give you a new heart. But not a heart of stone. I'll give you a heart of flesh. Heart of flesh. You know, the heart of flesh is, a, is, a, is an attitude. You know, the brokenness, brokenness, you don't have to have breakups, okay? You don't have to go through pain and you know you don't have to cut your hand to feel brokenness. Please, let me tell you, brokenness is a state of awareness where you say, Lord, I need you. 
I depend on you. I can't do this without you. You know, like Moses said, Moses said, Lord, I know that we have enough, but I am not going to go without you. I'm not going to leave this place without your presence. Brokenness is that state of dependency on God, that state of awareness to acknowledge that I am not enough and I need you. I am not enough and I need you. That's brokenness. It's a state of complete surrender. Complete surrender. Do you know what the Bible says about brokenness? Psalms 34, 18. The Lord is near. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. He is near to the brokenhearted. You don't have to go through difficult circumstances to feel brokenness. It can just be acknowledging that my goodness, all of this, wow, I've been so blessed, but all of this wouldn't have been without God. Just to be in awe of His presence, that you know for a fact that it's not your efforts, it's not your wisdom, not your power, but God. Brokenness is just acknowledging the awesomeness of God, the marvel, the marvelous light of His presence and saying, Lord, not me, I know that this is because of you. And it is because it is because of you, I want you. I want you. I yearn, not earn. I yearn. I yearn for you. Because he loves broken people. He loves broken people. God gives grace to the humble but opposes the proud. He does not like proud people. Because proud people are like, I can do this by myself. Why do I need God? There are a lot of dimensions in our lives, a lot of aspects in our lives where we do not go to God unless, you know, we've, we've come to an end of ourselves, right? We've tried everything that we can. We prayed, we did everything that we could and then we've come to an end of ourselves and then we're like, God, you know what? I need you. That state, that state of brokenness. I am praying for myself, Lord, give me the mercy to live in a perpetual state of brokenness at all times so that I acknowledge you at all the time. Everywhere I go, Lord, give us mercy. Give us mercy to be broken so that the light of Jesus, the life of Jesus that is flowing through our hearts will flow and we will become a blessing. Since this is contextual to our church, let me just say this. Every time you have a breakup, Right? And you go through immense pain. The first thing is, I will never do that again. Right? Do you relate? Why? Because we want to avoid the pain. But can I tell you something? Sometimes that pain can become a fuel in knowing God. It can birth a deep passion inside of you. To hunger and to thirst for God. God, I need you. I depend on you. You know, Jesus said, Jesus said, I don't do anything of my own. Jesus said this, the son of God. He said, I don't do anything of my own. I do whatever I see my father do. Look at the kind of dependence that he has. The Bible says a bruised reed he will not break. If you're bruised, he will not come and break you. Oh, I told you, right? You should not have made that choice. He'll not do that. To the broken hearted, he comes. He comes. He comes like a mighty rushing wind. Brokenness is the best recipe, guys. Do you know why Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh? 
you know why because somewhere in his heart he knew that if these people <laughs> they repent if they are broken i know my god will hear them he didn't want that he wanted to see punishment because that's the kind of god that we have he loves the broken hearted loves the broken hearted i'm reminded of hannah right now okay she's she's been longing for a child she's in the state of brokenness where she is praying where the priest eli comes to her and says are you drunk are you drunk and hannah was just praying that state of brokenness where she is like lord ha i'm not going to go from this place until i experience you until i have all that you want to give it to me anybody who has come to the lord with that brokenness has not gone empty handed do you remember the blind man who was sit, sit, seated on the road to jericho he says oh son of son of david have mercy upon me and oh, my goodness you know when you think about that picture you see so many blind people sitting on that way jesus does not turn for anybody but when he hears oh son of david have mercy upon me there is something about god that attracts him towards our brokenness there's something about it that's why paul says you know my weakness is perfected in your strength where he says the lord said my grace is sufficient for you and it is in my weakness that your strength is perfected there's something about the lord that he is attracted to our brokenness the strength of god is attracted to your brokenness the life of god that is in you is attracted to your brokenness the life of god that is overflowing the abundance life of god is attracted to your brokenness now by brokenness i just don't mean you know just sitting and crying that's not what i mean i'm i'm saying it's it's a mindset a mindset that acknowledges god to be enough a mindset that acknowledges that i can't do this but god you can you're more than enough you have brokenness in your heart can i encourage you by saying it's the best recipe for a miracle from heaven it's the best recipe for that light to shine in there's so much of hard heartedness in our hearts today that's why we don't encounter god the way we should but today if we can just acknowledge lord i need you i need you have mercy upon me i need you come on close your eyes father we need you we need you we need you oh son of david oh son of david have mercy upon us help us in our unbelief help us it's not the fancy theology that you seek from within us it's the broken heart ha Thank you Lord. Father. Father, we deeply honor you, we deeply honor your presence in our lives. And we know 
that you have delivered us from the dominion of darkness. We know this, that you have transferred us into the kingdom of his light. But this is our prayer today. Have mercy on us that we can walk in the full potential of our calling. That we will walk in the full potential of walking in the kingdom of light. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. Father, I pray for all those who are feeling discouraged today. I pray that your comforting hand will be upon them. That you will comfort them with your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.